Good Monday, everyone. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Monday, June 27th, 2022. Before I dive into what you may have missed over the weekend, here's something I want to remind you of immediately. This year, our national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th. The theme of this year's conference is lies, propaganda, storytelling, and the serrated edge. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government who has rejected God, like ours. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic has been one of the central mechanisms that our government has used to lie to us and to grab more power. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight these lies. God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of God's word, its serrated edge and all. So, mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight, laugh, and feast with fellowship, beer and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, hanging with our awesome vendors, meeting new friends, and more. Early bird tickets are on sale now, but they will be gone before you know it, as in this Thursday. That's it. They're gone, unless Gabe decides to change it up again. <laughs> Sign up now at flfnetwork.com. Again, that's flfnetwork.com. Now, here's what you may have missed over the weekend. The Tampa Bay Lightning had done just enough to force Game 6, and last night, it came down to the wire. The net's still empty. Big face-off win by Stamkos. Edmund whipped it. Paul put it right on. Rebound free. In the final seconds, and a bad play up high. Palat didn't send it in deep. Ten seconds to go. McCarr fittingly battling for the puck in the corner. Five seconds to go. Up it comes to the line. Colorado has won the Stanley Cup. The Colorado Avalanche are your new Stanley Cup champions after defeating Tampa Bay at 2-1 in Game 6. You know, I was sort of hoping I'd get to see a three-peat out of the Lightning, but the Avalanche clearly deserved to win this series. So, congratulations to them and any fans in our network who are fans of the Avalanche. You guys are probably waking up happy today. But let's get to some... Bad news now. Let's shift our focus to California. Shocker. Bad news out of California. California working on denying gun permits based on ideological viewpoints. Huh. I thought uh, the Supreme Court had just done something like that in New York. Well, let's jump into it. The Supreme Court's decision in Bruin on Thursday didn't simply shoot down New York's onerous gun cause requirement in the gun permit application process. It set up similar laws in other states for likely revocation. Uh, revocation. One of those states is California, where they have their own requirement that applicants must show a good cause or special need before they carry a per- before a carry permit is issued. State Attorney General Rob Bonta sent out a letter on Friday to law enforcement and government attorneys noting the change and saying that the state's current May issue regime should be able to be converted to a shall issue regime with a few modifications. So that's good news, right? Well, not so fast. As Eugene Volokh points out at Reason, Bonta pivoted from signaling compliance with the SCOTUS ruling to identifying another way to deny permits to people with no criminal record. He claims that the ruling will not impact the existing requirement for applicants to be able to demonstrate that they are of good moral character. On that basis, the state can start snooping around to see if if you hold any unauthorized opinions or are prone to demonstrate hatred and racism. 
And how would they know that? Well, by going through your social media accounts, of course. Other jur jurisdictions list the personal characteristics one reasonably expects of candidates for a public carry license who do not pose a danger to themselves or others. The Riverside County Sheriff's Department policy, for example, currently provides as follows. Legal judgments of good moral character can include consideration of honesty, trustworthiness, diligence, reliability, respects for the law, integrity, candor, discretion, observance of fiduciary duty, respect for the rights of others, absence of hatred and racism. Oh, there it is. Fiscal stability, profession-specific criteria such as pledging to honor and the Constitution and uphold the law, and absence of criminal conviction. D did you see how they had that uh, and racism and hatred part in that? In any case, as a starting point for purposes of investigating applicants' moral character, many issuing authorities require personal references and or reference letters. Investigators may personally interview applicants and use the opportunity to gain further insight into the applicant's character. And, may they, and they may search publicly available information, including social media accounts, in assessing the applicant's character. Unbelievable. As Volko go on, goes on to explain, this entire scheme appears to be completely unconstitutional, you think? It's a violation of the First Amendment before we even begin to examine how it would hold up under the Second Amendment. The government is clearly not allowed to restrict your actions or suspend your constitutional rights based on the viewpoints you express or even if they are unpopular with the current regime. Unbelievable. So if, you, if you're still in California, get out. But we need to keep our eyes on that. The U.S. military has steadily built up its presence in Europe in the four months since the Russian invasion of Ukraine began. More than 100,000 U.S. troops are in Europe today, compared to around 70,000 around the start of the Russian invasion. Last week, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, Secretary General Jen Stolenberg said the U.S. increased the number of U.S. troops in Europe from roughly 70,000 to more than 100,000 over these last months. In addition to the overall U.S. force size in Europe, Stoltenberg noted there are more than 40,000 troops from various countries under NATO's direct command that are positioned on the eastern edge of the alliance. NATO's force consists of troops from a variety of alliance member nations. In May of 20, U.S. State Department's press briefing department spokesman Ned Price had confirmed the U.S. plans to maintain an ongoing presence of 100,000 troops in Europe. While the U.S. presence in Europe has risen to re in response to Russia, questions remain about whether the U.S. can maintain this presence in the long run. With no plans for the U.S. and NATO to directly intervene in the conflict in Ukraine beyond providing Ukrainian forces weapons, supplies, and training, the mission of the U.S. and NATO forces is primarily to ensure the conflict in Ukraine doesn't spill over into NATO countries. Bradley Bowman, senior director of the Center on Military and Political Power of the Washington-based Foundation for Defense and Democrats, think tank, told the Washington Times last week that the U.S. troop buildup in Europe could come at the expense of U.S. readiness in other parts of the world, like, oh, I don't know, the Indo-Pacific region where, where Chinese forces have expanded their presence? Uh, just a thought. Uh, so that's what's going on overseas. Let's shift back to the home front where I've got to ask you, are you happy with your job? Because if not, I want to tell you about Red Balloon. Not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded and employers looked for people who could do the job, not for the people who had the right political views. Well, Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses so successful. Free speech, hard work, 
and having fun. If you are a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on Red Balloon. If you're an employee who's being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist, post your resume on Red Balloon and look for a new job. That's redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. Redballoon.work. Suspect accused of using flamethrower in attack at Los Angeles Antifa riot charged with attempted murder. <laughs> Lovely. Pro-abortion activist Michael Ortiz was arrested on June 26th after allegedly attacking police with a makeshift flamethrower during a violent riot over the reversal of Roe v. Wade. As the New York Post reports, several others were arrested during the Los Angeles riot, including a 23-year-old named Juliana Bernardo, who allegedly tried to steal a police officer's baton amid skirmishes with law enforcement. The pro-abortion protesters shut down the L.A. freeway, harassed and attacked drivers, broke building windows, and lobbed a firework explosive at police. Video posted by the post-millennials Andy Ngo, N-G-O, not sure you pronounce that, <laughs> shows Ortiz discharging the makeshift weapon while hiding behind a black block militant who was holding an umbrella. Ortiz allegedly fired the flames around 8.20 p.m. amidst a progressively violent riot. And I would post the clip for you guys, but it would just sound like a bunch of yelling and screaming. LAPD Police Chief Michael Moore said in a statement that individuals participating in such criminal activity are not exercising their First Amendment rights in protest over the Supreme Court decision. Rather, they are acting as criminals. The department will vigorously pursue prosecution of these individuals. The violence comes after radical pro-abortion groups have called for nationwide protests, including one group, Jane's Revenge, promising a night of rage to protest the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, let's get to some good news and the topic I love, sports. But Garrison, you already covered sports with the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, well, you get a double dose today. This is from Fox News. High school coach scores big win at Supreme Court over post-game prayer. The Supreme Court handed a big win to former Washington high school coach who lost his job over reciting a prayer on the 50-yard line after games. At issue was whether public school employee praying alone, but in view of students, was engaging in unprotected government speech. And if it is not just government speech, does it still pose a problem under the First Amendment's Establishment Clause? Well, the Supreme Court ruled Monday in a 6-3 to decision that the answer to both questions is no. Here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observance doubly protected by free exercise and the free speech clauses of the First Amendment. And the only meaningful justification the government offered for its reprisal rested on a mistaken view that it had duty to ferret out and suppress. That was from Justice Neil Gorsuch who wrote the court's opinion. Religious observances, even as it allows comp comparable secular speech, the Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination. Joe, Joe Kennedy was a junior varsity head coach and varsity assistant coach with the Brentman School District in Washington from 2008 to 2015. He began to practice reciting a post-game prayer by himself, but eventually students started joining him. According to court documents, this evolved into a motivational speeches that included religious themes. After an opposing coach brought it to the principal's attention, no, like, no doubt after they lost, <laughs> the school district told Kennedy to stop. He did temporarily, but then notified the school that he would resume the practice. The situation garnered media attention when Kennedy announced that he would go back to praying on the field. It raised security concerns when he did, pre did pray after the game, 
a number of people stormed the field in support. The school district then offered to let Kennedy pray in other locations before and after games or for him to pray on the 50-yard line. Here, do it in this pantheon, but not over there. After everyone else had left the premises, go ahead and do it. But he refused, insisting that he would continue his regular practice. After continuing the prayers at two or more games, the school district placed Kennedy on leave. That reasoning was misguided, the majority opinion said. Both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's, nor does a proper understanding of the amendment's establishment clause require the government to single out private religious speech for special disfavor. Gorsuch stated that not just the Constitution, but the best of our traditions call for mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious or non-religious views alike. The court's ruling also stated that there is a distinct reason for why speech like Kennedy's is protected by both the free speech and free exercise clauses. That the First Amendment doubly protects religious speech is no accident. It is a natural outgrowth of the farmer's distrust of government attempts to regulate religion and suppress dissent, Gorsuch wrote. Another win by the Supreme Court. Keep our Supreme Court justices in your prayers. They will undoubtedly be a target. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, why don't you hit that share button? If you want to sign up for a club membership, our conference, or our magazine, all of that can be found at flfnetwork.com. And as always, if you want to become a corporate partner with CrossPolitik, let's talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaffeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. We'll see you next time.